I think Negrolicious is a perfect term for what this show is finna be, and it's also a perfect term for what Pascal looks like on that picture. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Pascal looks extremely Negrolicious on that uh, that photo. Um, You don't don't think so? Um. And and I'm debating whether or not we should open up the phone line so people can call in and say happy birthday. I'm debating too. Um, I'm in if uh, you're in. Let's see how it goes. Um, yeah. This Negro Licious Tuesday. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's kick it off. Mm-hmm. You ready? Ready, slicker you. Good evening, everyone. I am your host, Jason Miles, and welcome to the special birthday edition of This is Revolution Podcast. It is the birthday of our very own Pascal Robert, and here to lead, excuse me, the birthday events, and I'm actually, this is the first time I get to actually look at the comments as I'm reading this, because I usually have a script up, and they're really hilarious, by the way. That horoscope one about Pascal is hilarious. Whoever left that. But to, who's going to be leading this show, producing this show, put this whole thing together. Please welcome the headless, faceless voice of reason, Kim Tucson. Hello, hello. Who's I? And should we bring it? Should we bring in the birthday boy now? What's next? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Just really excited. Oh, don't get too excited that you fart. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how quick you are on the mute button. Okay. Unlike me. <laughs> Shirley says my screen is fuzzy. Deal with it, Shirley. Shirley's here. Shirley, screen looks Shirley. fine to me. Look, let's bring in the bring in the birthday boy. Let's bring in 
Yeah. The birthday boy. He is 25 for the third time. Please welcome the man of the Mau Mau Hour, my co-host, my homie, my dog. He is the Joe Perry to my Steven Tyler. He's the DMC to my run. He is the Fife to my Q-tip. He's that taller, light-skinned dude with the dreads and half-fade in De La Soul to my dark-skinned dude with the glasses and De La Soul. <laughs> True boy in pasta news. Yo, yeah, sure. All right. Oh. <laughs> As another... We have to introduce this next person, too, silently. Uh, I want to say he said, the kid to my play. He is... <laughs> MT, you ready to bring him in? Pascal Robert! Yay! <laughs> Peace and greetings to the audience. Peace and greetings to the chat. Peace and greetings, Jason Miles and M2 Sun. My birthday was actually yesterday on the 19th. But we scheduled this today. I did not plan this. This was completely planned by M2 Sun and Jason, particularly M2 Sun. I have Yay. no idea what to expect. It's going to uh, be awesome. A little bit of hazing. Are you 55? Nope. You're close, Sean Moon. Uh, I'm a little concerned, but I don't know. I'm a very, you know, I'm you don't like surprises, I don't like surprises, and I know there's gonna be a lot of them. But I want to thank actually, I want to thank my team and the crew of This Is Revolution for what's coming up on actually three years of uh production of this is revolution uh jason and i started this the two of us and i believe it was december of 2020 we did our first episode and uh we hit it off right away with tori reed and cedric johnson who put us together Mm -hmm. and um I had been thinking about doing a podcast for a long time. And believe it or not, I had heard Jason's podcast before I even came on. The first time I heard his podcast was the episode he did with Cedric Johnson. And I was like, wow, this guy's really good. I really like his stuff. But, um, and it was very, it was kind of small. It wasn't really big, but I, I, I appreciated uh, the, the style and the tone. And Jason really has that really good kind of radio voice i was like yo but this guy's really really it was just i just listened to the audio i didn't even at that stage oh, i don't it think was. Jason was, oh, it was back then yeah. jason wasn't really uh interested in video that much and uh so the first episode we did for most people who don't remember was a episode where we talked about who speaks for black america where we questioned the role of Charlemagne the god as a media personality and uh a lot of people like that and we uh we hit it off and then jason was like yo we're gonna do live streams it's okay fine at first i was like okay we'll do like one live stream a week it'll be cool and then (laughs) literally within like two weeks of like the second episode jason's like yo we're gonna do this three times a week i was like what yeah in the morning yeah it was a saturday morning yeah yeah 
I was like three yeah. times a week. I was like, yo, man, why don't we just do this once? He was like, no, nah, man, we're gonna do this three times a week. Three times a week. I was like, I remember the first time we did three shows a week. I was so insanely tired. I learned. I had developed a whole new respect for online. Per- I mean, no, regardless of the content, YouTubers, podcasters who did multiple shows, because I really learned at that point this is actually work producing this stuff and doing this stuff i mean i know that now we've been doing this for three years and it's a lot more difficult difficult than people really believe and uh you know jason and i just kind of took it and ran with it and uh we've been growing ever since and expanding and eventually gene and kuba kind of came on you know got connected with uh Doug Lane, who was at that point at Zero Books, who started mm-hmm. to air our stuff. And that really kind of took us to our first mm-hmm. launch. And then a couple of episodes I did on Majority Report uh, mm-hmm. after the, the the Haitian president assassination really took us to a long, long route. And we just, we started getting a lot of recognition in left media pretty early on. And people liked our content. And, uh, I gotta say, I mean, I, I, you know, for those of you, and there are some people who are fans of the show who knew me mostly from my writing at Black Agenda Report, and I have to say that for, for in the ten years I was writing at Black Agenda Report, I felt a lot of fulfillment doing that. But I gotta say, the most fulfillment that I've gotten in terms of anything doing with the left I've had, besides my, you know, even including my writing, was doing the show with Jason. And the rest of the crew, Gene, uh, Kuba, M. Toussaint, uh, even Marcus from the left flank vets, we'll do we're doing our, our Saturday show because uh, I look forward to doing this. It really gives me a way to to vent uh, <laughs> my ideas, my thoughts, my worldview, and uh, I think that we do something special here. And I, I mean, I, you know, not to sound arrogant, I think we have the best content in the left media on the internet, frankly. I don't mean to hog up this thing that M2 put together, but I just want no, to no, no, you're you're correct in that assumption, really Pascal. We do have the best. Let people know, as much as I may seem anti-social, how much I appreciate people even taking the time to put this together for my birthday. I'm actually I'm not a shy person. I'll be lying to say I'm shy, but I'm kind of a private person, and sometimes I'm surprised that people uh value the stuff that i put out there i'm i'm more humble than anything else i'm like wow people like it that much so i really i uh, am appreciative of the amount of uh support people have for the work we put out with jason and the work people have with my writing as well as uh the mile mile hour i love the dedicated fans of the mile mile hour i love doing the mile mile hour and uh special shout out to Consistent fan of the work. I got to give her a shout out. She'd be bad if I didn't. Shirley, I see you in the audience. You get a special shout That's all I got to say. Well, let's let's bring in uh, uh, this gentleman. We did, I don't know how long we did a show with him in the morning on his Twitch channel. He's part of our Saturday crew. Um, he learned real quick that uh, on TIR you will have fights with Jason and you will have way too much reading to do 
two hours before the show starts. <laughs> you guys have asked for him repeatedly. We Our silence has created... Uh, Jason, Jason, Jason. He's, He's so excited home. he froze. Andrew says I'm going to jump in now because Jason froze for a second. But, That's uh, how excited he was to bring on this next gentleman. No, he's not yes, too salty. I, I know. Got him. <laughs> Deep State Cuba got. Should you bring him in? But I, well, well, can you bring him in? Yeah, can you bring him in? Yeah. Let's do it. Sorry. I literally as you asked before, like, how's the internet out there? I was like, Oh, it's fine. I got kicked <laughs> off. Yeah, you were pixely as fuck. It's it's strange because I don't think there's any pixelated video. That's ever been in color like that. It's a dynamic <laughs> that is the, is the image better now? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, I'm. Con- good. Yeah, the, the direct connection. There's some problem. I got to get it to the new box. Yeah, but uh, it's good to be back on. Uh, happy birthday, Pascal and uh, Jason. You were hyping the 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 what is it? The Nicolicious Day, something <laughs> like that. I got my motherfucking chicken wings. I got my fucking cold beer. I'm ready to go. Let's celebrate free Palestine. Hey, let's do this thing, okay? <laughs> Marcus looked like he wishes jihad on your house. Let's do this, man. Let's go here party. Let's fucking go. Oh my god. See, 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 Marcus and Jason buried their beef for Pascal's birthday. So I have spoken to Marcus <laughs> several times. Uh I just don't oh. tell anybody. Mind your business, chat. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> And, and oh, you know I what else I know how to do I around Marcus? Yo, I gotta uh, say something. Yeah. We got the best chat in left media. Shout out to the, the, Shout the, out. the Revolution chat. Whether you guys, you know, real or not, you know, our chat is our chat is off the hook. Um, I just gotta check, there's a second cat around here. Th- th- there's, there's something that I do real well, and I know how to avoid Marcus when Ohio State loses. Mm. <laughs> Not over it, not over it yet. So, <laughs> not okay. Like, I I get the urge, I get the phones in my hand, and then I just put it down. This is supposed like, to be nah, celebration. Don't get me started. I'm not, I'm not trying. This is supposed to be a celebration. <laughs> well, let's look. There's there's another person that's behind the scenes that you guys never get to see. We never have him on air. He puts together uh, a lot of the intro montage videos um he actually put together the video ad for the la show he's going to do one for the new york show um it took me six months to bring this guy on because i was terrified and a, a million other reasons and he has been such an asset to the team please welcome coming all the way from the bay the quintern Tucson. Okay. You're a lot. You're lagging. Hey, yo. Sorry. Oh, yes, wow. What's happening? Intern. Quinn in the house. I'm professional. Look at that crispy ass camera. Yeah, hold on. You got the Brianna Joy. Great camera. 
You got to bring out a Jimmy Craig. Oh, <laughs> oh damn. What Look at Quinn can do all kind of shit. Yeah. This is why you get young people, folks. You can't just have old, curmudgeonly <laughs> people on the screen constantly. You have to have young people as a part of your crew. Uh, Tucson, I got to help someone else that's trying to get in. Uh, okay. a, a young person, actually, that doesn't know how to use the internet. So let me fix this for you be entertaining. Let's go. Can I ask you, is there anything special that you usually do for your birthday? You know, nothing really. Sp I spend time with my family. Yesterday, we got a nice cake, ordered some food with my mom, my brother. Uh, my cousins here in South Florida, we hung out. Sometimes we'll go to a restaurant. I mean, you know, I think all of us at a certain age where, I mean, unless you guys are like, like maybe really young, unless it's a major birthday, you know, you don't really expect like to do too much. They come every year, unless yeah, it's like I, a major. I didn't know if there's like, some people have some like little, you know, oh, they go to some one specific restaurant that they always go to or, you know, something like nah, that. No, nah, I'm not really, really specific like that. I, I you know. I like okay. to spend time with the fam. Oh, so um, I was planning on doing it. Oh shit, I'm muted. You're not, you're not muted. Sorry, sorry, guys. One second. Where'd he go? You got I can hear him. Yeah. We got audios coming in. Yeah. But right. um, back. Oh. Hey, Jenna, how are you? I'm just here to say happy birthday. Thank you so That's much. It. I appreciate that I'm so sorry. much. My service is back. Some weird Wi-Fi. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is Jason's daughter, I believe, right? I sit in the Jason's eldest daughter, Jayla, wanted yeah. to say happy birthday. She's, she's at a she's at a Christmas uh, shindig in San Jose with her with her mother and, and Lola. So um, she's looking fancy. She is fancy. Mm hmm. We do have there's other guests. Here. There's there's some more people. Can you bring in the other people, Tucson? Okay, let's bring in this person. So we have one guest here that is a part of the show, but doesn't always get his shine. We want to say thank you and hello to Sune, our moderator supreme. Welcome, Sune. Thanks, MP. Greetings, comrades, and uh, greetings, Sune. And I and the happy birthday, Pascal. It's uh, uh, as we were talking about earlier. It's 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 been an incredible ride, and seeing the rise of this show, I, a handful of, from a handful of people and Jason's mom, <laughs> to uh, regularly <laughs> 150 people on a live stream. That's impressive, and it truly is one of of of, of the best shows in the uh, YouTube left media. And you have one of the greatest chats anywhere Thank you so on much, the internet. Man. I appreciate you know, it. Yeah, it, it's, it's only really because is of a, your work. It really is a great community. And uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the sheer amount of knowledge that is shared around 
on a screen is impressive. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's truly a community. I really uh, enjoy it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, we're glad, we're lucky and fortunate to have you as part of the team. Tell us where you're 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 living right now. Where you're talking to us from? Oh, I I am I'm in Copenhagen. I'm in Denmark. So it's oh, uh, late. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's half past three in the morning here. So uh, you have to excuse me if I'm a bit out of sorts, you know. But um, um, yeah, um, and um, um, yeah, um, so. Um, uh, yeah, I'm 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 watching the overseas crowd with the with the rest of the um, Europeans. We appreciate it. That's no, a commitment. Staying up late at night to mod for us, we we really appreciate it. So you well, stay up this late to moderate for us every every night. Yeah, I have insomnia, so it's. it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> working out well hey we, we appreciate it it means that's it yeah world that, that, that rise and grind set or never go to sleep and grind <laughs> that, that, that's something you see in a beyonce like motivational video yeah <laughs> dolly parton did a video about this <laughs> what was it what was it five to nine it's like yeah five to nine baby <laughs> 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Get it in early. I'm always grinding. <laughs> well, let, look, we got more people we need to bring in, Tucson. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you soon. I'm going to let you get back to work. Thank you. Later. Bye bye. Thank you, You know what? Here's another person from the original Saturday posse that is in the original Saturday. Uh, theme intro. Mm -hmm. oh, do it, do it, Tucson. You lady. Oh, 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 shit. oh, welcome. Oh, welcome. The man, the myth, the legend. That was smooth the way you showed up. I'll give you that, Paul. Like the five hundred. Paul came in. Pyro Paul. <laughs> Paul back in action. Can you hear us? Deep state got him. That's all you get. Deep state got him. Deep state. Deep state. He's coming back. I, 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 I should wait to say it. I, I, I got a lot of respect for Paul and his run, um, uh, the campaign that he ran, which I don't know how much you know y'all were aware of, uh, but. Um, he really gave it a shot for for uh, for state rep, and I mean I hope he keeps going um, and because uh, his perspective and and also I mean like politically he's got you know like there's there's chops there you know like a teacher it's hard to it's hard to uh, keep that type of like community lead down so um, but either way I'm mad people are saying Kuba what did you do y'all are so mean <laughs> hey. Stay on the job. Is Marcus in Mexico with Jason? No, not uh, Costa yet. Rica. I, I chose Costa Rica. <laughs> Good idea. Which that's the only thing I gotta check. You know what I'm saying? As long as, as long as like disability checks, 
transfer over. That's, that's what I need. <laughs> Say, uh, does my direct deposit work? <laughs> I mean, hey, like it's legit. Like Costa Rica, Vietnam, uh, there's a few other countries that do it, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to make, make my bourbon podcast central, that's all. Yeah. Like Brooklyn. This is New Brooklyn, like Brooklyn. Mexico. <laughs> we changed the name to New Brooklyn. Wow. <laughs> We have another one of your brothers in arms, Pascal, who would wow. like to say something to you. Oh, shit. oh, Pascal, it ain't gonna stop. Don't even try to guess who's coming on because I really worked on this, man. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready? We're gonna let on our next guest. Whew, on mobile. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my oh, god! Oh, it's from a gulag location. Have you been caught? Yeah. Cool. Um, what happened to you? Um. Well, out that, that some people in Gords keep Ewoks and and dated <laughs> if some, something happens and and, and if you assist Lord's Ewok, you get post. It's a hop. Oh my god. <laughs> this is tricky. But, but uh, you know, it's your birthday. Gotta make it happen. So I have cool. no idea where Kuma is, and I'm really terrified for him. <laughs> we actually know who we who the US traded for Brittany Griner. <laughs> oh wow. Marketing now we actually know who the US traded for Brittany Griner. That is hilarious. How come all the guests are in, in like out uh, out in these wild places with no connection? Cuba blink twice if you're safe. Yeah, I know. I'm so worried for Cuba right now. I thought Summer was gonna be holding the phone. Summer's not even holding the phone. She's like, I'm not going to fuck out there. It's all like cool. Thank you. Thank you for negative for coming in and wish me a happy birthday. Hey, hey at least I can do the. Okay, I see a commissar something. It might be at the Ukrainian, guy, but I think <laughs> to the uranium pit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Happy Cuba, go inside. Thank you. <laughs> Cuba, go inside, brother. Peace. He's still wearing a tie. I love it. <laughs> and pants. And pants. Thank you, Cuba. Pants on for you. You know, Cuba, you know, after the show, if you call Cuba after the show, uh, he, he won't answer. You know why? No pants. He's just down there rocking freedom, huh? <laughs> Speaking of freedom, who do I, who else do we have here, Tucson? Let's I'm going to move myself see. from the screen. Someone pop in? Someone just pop oh, yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got a crispy setup right there. All right. I know. Like, a, like a new camera. Look at that. I like well, it. Uh, I, I think you should bring both these cats in. Um, together, like a team. 
one of these guys one of these guys is known as white pascal another one of these guys is is a character on what we do in the shadows please welcome <laughs> gene bajlan and, and c derrick vaughn I don't know how you're doing that. It looks so dope. Oh, I don't. I don't know either. I'm just. Uh, I'm just poking at the screen, hoping things change. <laughs> Hello, Pascal. Happy birthday. Hello. Which character? And what? Happy birthday, Pascal. I'm confused by who, what vampire Gene. Are you to be. fucking kidding me? The one that looks just like Gene, talk just <laughs> like Gene, act just like Gene. Yeah, no, one that looks like Gene. Nando, Nando, right? what's his name, Gene? Nandor. Not, not Nandor. Last Nandor. Bats. My pornographies were well known throughout the British Empire. <laughs> No, oh, well, yeah, it's that whole accent you can pretty. Pascal Robert was one of the first Negroes I ever came in contact with. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> it was 1804, and he'd just gotten through <laughs> chopping to death several French plantation owners. <laughs> and I was like, this is a guy who I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me tell you something. I gotta tell people that one of the bright spots of doing this show with Jason is that he exposed me to folks like Gene and Varn, who basically expanded my horizon and say, "Listen, there's some decent non-black people that you can actually <laughs> like to hang out with." <laughs> I'm actually being marginally facetious, only marginally. But to tell you the truth, uh, it's I don't think these guys know how much of a pleasure it is to do this show with them, particularly Gene, who works so hard for us <laughs> behind the scenes uh, in ways that people don't know. He does a lot of the production. Uh, he's occasionally a guest. Uh, uh, he's a really good shoulder to lean on. Uh, he's been a really good support for me when I've had personal issues, health and otherwise, just to talk, to chat. And uh, Varn is a guy that three o'clock in the morning, if I want to annoy with Varn, what the hell is going on politically? Varn, I'm like, okay, I'll give you a text in the morning. I'll get back to you. And Vaughn will actually get back to me and be like, listen, check out this article. This is what I think. Vaughn, you know, I really appreciate your insights. Uh, I consider you one of the most underappreciated voices in uh, American political commentary. I think you know a lot more than a lot of the people who pretend to be experts at this. And uh, I, I appreciate the amount I've been able to learn from you and from Gene, and I always find it funny that people assume that I'm, you know, the you know the the brain behind the show. And I'm like, listen, I'm a good interlocutor, but I, I still learn a lot from people who uh, are more well versed than I am in some of this subject matter. And uh, I just want to let you guys know how much I appreciate what you guys contribute to do th to this, and how much you've personally edified 
my intellectual experience over the last few years. But I also can't neglect my man here from my man from 40 Grand here, Paul Prescott, who is the hardest working man in Pennsylvania politics. And I gotta say, Paul, let me tell you right now, you've written let me tell you something about Paul Prescott, man. Paul First of all, happy is, birthday. But thank you, thank you. Go ahead. Paul Paul has written some of the baddest motherfucking articles in Jacobin that people probably haven't read and people need to go back and read on black politics and the black left. He's written some amazing stuff. As a matter of fact, I, I cited some of Paul's work in the last article that I wrote for uh, Black Agenda Report because he was talking about a really underread book from the 40s uh, what the Negro wants. I'm sure you remember that piece, Paul. It's right. a really good book. I have to read and, uh, read your piece. Yes, and um, uh, I gotta say, man, is that the, the the consortium of minds and individuals that, through the grace of God and the grace of Jason, we've been able to put together on this show, has really been uh, a sense of fulfillment for me. And I just want you guys to know that I truly feel blessed that you take the time out of your days to celebrate my birthday. And I hope that we can continue to do this kind of positive work for a long time in the future and reap the benefits from it, both materially, politically, and otherwise. Well, that's Man, that was, that was I don't think any of us expected we would get showered with praise. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we're supposed to be giving you the praise, Pascal. Right. It's your birthday. I mean, like, I just have to say, like, I really appreciate, you know, uh, get getting to know you, and over these last couple of years, uh, I like you say, I've learned a lot from you. Uh, I would, uh, you know, I, I I feel like through you, I've learned about a lot of politics in the United States, which because I'm not from this wonderful country of yours. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's always been good to talk, to hang out, uh, and build this show together, build the audience uh, uh, together, and try to do something that is, you know, uh, meaningful in the sphere of YouTube. So you know, it's been. It, I would. I wouldn't want to work with anybody else, uh, as I've discovered. The only people I want to work with is the TIRQ crew. All right, Quinn. Quinn's got to bounce. Quinn, here. Yeah, I got to bounce in a second, screen. but I just want to say real quick. Uh, yeah. I mean, Pascal is someone that I have met a couple times through the show and is someone who I really looked up to for a while as I was just like a listener before I even got involved. And as someone who is like coming from uh, uh, a position of less experience, mm -hmm. uh, if I'm going to put it slightly euphemistically. Um, I think people like Pascal and really everyone who comes on the show have a lot to teach, uh, you know, my generation. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be able to listen to this, uh, you know, intellectual giant uh, kicking around everyone in his way. Uh, and happy birthday. Yeah, I'm very honored. <laughs> you so part much. of all the the off the off air uh, chats that we could never let people know we say <laughs> the biggest balls on the internet. <laughs> Quinn, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to see you uh, in a few days, brother. So oh peace. yeah, no, I'll see you then. All right, peace out.
Thank you. That was the Quinn turn. Paul Prescott. So, All so I gotta good to see you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on. All I got to say is uh, Schmincke Pascal, you know? I think, that was, <laughs> I think that might have been the first episode I came on when we were talking about coming to America. It was either that or yes. something else. <laughs> the day of the Schmincke's. Yes. Yes. How did you meet the team, Paul? You, know, you joined before is, me. That's a good question. Yeah, Jason, you were you Jason. did something. It was COVID. <laughs> we were all in a daze. <laughs> Jason's suggested on YouTube and I was on the show. I don't know. COVID, COVID for me was like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand. Wow, so I, I gotta read this comment. I gotta read this comment because it's really touching. The Black Agenda Report with Bruce Dixon and Glenn Forman was a voice in the wilderness for years. I hear them every time Pascal Robert opens his mouth. Yo, you gotta make me shed tears with that statement, oh. man. That's that's uh, shout out, Sean, man. Very, very touching, man. That was very touching. I, I don't have any touching sound drops <laughs> other than that applause. The gun. <laughs> you don't have like the. Audience, like, oh, you don't have that one. I have this. We coming for you, nigga. That's uh, that's pretty already. That's pretty touching. That's touching. I'm gonna read this comment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Norm roasted the f out of Paul, so they took pity on him and brought him in. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) damn! He and I mean, Varn, you should hear this because Norm called me Sean King. (laughs) (laughs) i was like wait they call varn sean king also they they would be one i i got him back in new york paul just know i got him back you called norm sean sean king Sure, you know, that norm that normal figure scene episode has twenty thousand views, man. I went back to check that out. I was like, wow. Well, because Glenn that, Greenwald said it was one of the best conversations he's ever heard in his life. That's true. People still go back and check that one out. He didn't necessarily roast me. He just like would be like, Paul, you know, your mom's Jewish, and he would like proceed to say <laughs> weird stuff. And, like, you know, and I'm like, I don't necessarily want to sign this. I don't know. What to do. <laughs> we were all in that episode. We were all sitting there. It's like, oh, that was that was a quick one, but the yeah, TIR is over now, boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought y'all were done. Well, there's well, nothing. You, yeah, but, like at the end of the day, too, it's like there's nothing you can read of normal Rick Pinkle style that will prepare you. For being on an interview. Oh no, it's we were like, nothing. oh, we are straight canceled. It's a wrap. It's over. Yeah. This show is done. Finkelstein is tanked us forever. It's a it's done. He he, <laughs> he is at a point of fuck it. Like everybody yeah. on this screen thinks we're at a point of fuck it, but we all gotta hold something back. Yeah, I care way more than that motherfucker. Does. He he's like, nah, I lost everything. <laughs> fuck y'all. Yeah, yeah I mean Real. once Alan Dershowitz gets you, you don't care anymore. Imagine imagine being that woman at the Epstein Island and you end up with a Dershowitz. Good lord. Please please make sure you clean your hands. In an alternate timeline, if Epstein had been like found out like six years before, uh Norm would probably still have tenure. 
ten, still have tenure. He'd, yep. be, he'd be way bigger. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do something with Norm. We'll see. Because he's got a book coming out on sublation. And uh, I, I was talking with Doug about doing a live event with Norm uh, in, in New York. So I do, I do want to see uh, Prescott. And I know New York to Philly isn't uh, isn't that far. I don't know. Chinatown bus. Yeah. When when is that show again? Well, we're doing a thing in on January twenty second. Uh, okay. For, for those of you that uh, don't know, uh, live January twenty second <laughs> in New York City at the Cutting Room in Manhattan, giving the revolution East Coast version. But uh, all jokes aside, if 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 you can make it to that, I got you on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, there's a small chance I could be traveling for work that day, but if not, I'll, I'll try to make it. You got it's like a fun if pale. It looks like a fun if pale lineup. Like the one in L.A. wasn't. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm Sean King. You guys keep reminding me of that. So. <laughs> Oh, by there the way, Mark, happy Hanukkah. Happy thank Hanukkah, you, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, happy yeah. Hanukkah. It's the third day, right? The third day, yeah. As soon as sundown hit, yep. Oh, so, you right. know, Vaughn, yeah, yeah, since yeah, yeah. you're Sean King, you could totally be in the Black Israelites. <laughs> 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 Just take a Kanye turn? Is that what you guys are telling me to do? It's hot right now. <laughs> you need, you need to get in the Black Israelites. For the TIR crew, like, if you really want the show to go to the next level, can you do a show of Kanye and Finkelstein, please? Oh, wow. oh my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> if a, you pull oh that off, God. you will be legends until the end of time. If you can do <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we, we, want, we want Kanye at least three days without his medication. Yeah. I mean, he's just going to have the mask on. You just gotta show up with the mask on. Uh, that's something that. Uh... Oh wow! What is it? Can you just think of Norm Yo, <laughs> reacting to Kanye in the ski mask? Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, we got a shout out for the happy birthday from Corner and Neutron. I just want to say thanks a lot, Corner. I appreciate that. Aww. Happy birthday! Shout out in the chat. That's nice. We oh, have more damn. guests for some, you. We got legends over here. Conan Neutron says happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Looks like uh, Ted from Flipper is in the chat. The fucking legends. You got fucking <laughs> legends wishing you a happy birthday, Pascal. Yeah. So. Wow. Conan, Conan Neutron right. got the best, best jackets in the biz. <laughs> he sure does. He sure it does. does. It, it does look like he's about to host a game show in 1978. <laughs> Those were better times. I'll take it. (laughs) Got to dress with some distinction. Dress to hand over a toaster. Oh, more distinguished guests. Um, let's let's get the next mystery guest. Can you turn on your camera, mystery guest? That's not the next mystery guest. Oh, the, oh, That's the one sorry. after the next one. Okay, he's the one after. Okay, bring in the next one. Bring, bring in here. I'll take myself off screen so we can have more. Okay. Nice. Welcome to our next guest, our next distinguished guest. 
Memphis Ray. Oh, I'm Pascal. Back from the World Cup. Hi, Pascal. Happy day after birthday. Thank you so much, Adan. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, well, it's a pleasure to be on. This is really just to boost the uh, old complaining curmudgeon quotient. But I think actually it's really a testament to how much work M. Toussaint has put in that she actually went through the Rolodex and pulled me on. So shout out <laughs> to M. Toussaint. I just want to tell M. Toussaint, have you been pulling people off? What have we told you about pulling people off? Adnan did a great justice by inviting me on his podcast to talk about Haitian politics and I, I really behoove people to go check out that episode and I was very honored to come on his show with his compatriots and talk about that subject and I thank you so much Adnan for coming on and I gotta tell you the episode, I didn't recognize the importance of the World Cup when we did our episode about sports washing but I gotta tell you right now we don't get the credit for it. We were very prescient in doing the episode because this was probably one of the most consequential World Cups in uh, probably the last 25 years, if any, without a doubt. Maybe, maybe more. I mean, it's going to be the most memorable one, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, not just mm -hmm. for, the, for the football on the pitch, but just all of the issues that it brought up and all of the contradictions that it exposed. I think it's going to be one that people will talk about and think about for a long time. Absolutely. We were definitely ahead of the curve on that one. Yeah. Well, I was really glad to be on it with Gene um, arranging it. So thanks so much to Gene. And it was great to meet you. It was the first time I met you when we had you on for the Haiti conversation. And I agree. I thought, you know, you had so many interesting remarks and insightful remarks to make there so people should check out that episode on guerrilla history but of course i've been following the show this is a great show this is revolution i've been watching it or listening to it for about two years and um, of course always followed your work on the indispensable black agenda report i mean you really just don't know what's going on if you're not reading the black agenda mm -hmm. report. so wow. I was uh, thrilled to be able to have you on Guerrilla History and just wanted to hop on and, and say happy birthday and how much I appreciate the show and the whole crew. Thank you so much, Adan. I really appreciate that. That's so sweet. Thank you. I look forward to working with you next year. Absolutely. All right. See you soon. We've got more, more people who want to say hello. That's quite a lineup. We're bringing this next this next person. How did you pull this together, man? There's a lot of made a couple of calls. There's a lot of texting, a lot of messages. This next person who wants to come on is really he's going to make this the light skinnest show on on. I'm going to say how long until Jason making light skin jokes? Five seconds. I would be impressed. You waited a while. Oh, they're coming. You thought they were coming before. Are they going to be bringing some oh, people on? I talked. To, I was talking to this man's wife, making light skin jokes. So, please welcome one of our favorite writers, professors, guitar players. Uh, I love having 
discussions about 80s hair metal with this man. Please welcome to Ray Reed. Wow. Too silent, you are so slow. Oh, turn no, your camera I on. Did it. I did it and it undid itself. To Ray, turn your camera on. Don't come for me, Jason. Get your hand off my penis! What oh is my this? God. He made all the light skin jokes, and now he's just a black yeah. square. He was gonna pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is Teray. him like, ironically responding to the light skin jokes. Teray. I think so, right? Oh, Teray's light skin. <laughs> By being a white progressive's Twitter handle in 2020, like. <laughs> Yo, I, I Ray, what are you doing? <laughs> Ray, you were like an old person with a digital camera in 2004. What are you doing? Where's the flash on this thing? What? I bet you Ray has problems turning on the projector when he's doing a class. He's like sitting Ray. there trying to turn on his projector. He's like, do any of you know how to make the PowerPoint work? <laughs> Teray got that fucking public school projector. <laughs> Yo, those things are Maybe a graph machine. <laughs> Teray, what are you doing? Teray's being special. I mean, he's been on the show like plenty of times. You know, like, he knows. Like, yeah, he has. I mean, that's why all the kids are failing. <laughs> Mine was weird. A- like, I had to restart my computer. Maybe. Something going on. I, it's a light skin thing. Left room. We probably over there yeah, talking you, shit. Your show is like programmed <laughs> for light skin computers. It doesn't work right. It's, it's, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like. I mean, so Ray, never had a problem, so I'm not sure. Ray, can you hear us? Excuses. I don't know if you can if you can hear us or see us. How dark is it in his house where you can't see his ass? <laughs> He's Dre, trying to prove smile. that he's black. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> smile. He's sending an AI. Oh. If he can uh, hear me, I'm going to get cussed out in so many different languages. Yes, you are. <laughs> Let's see what's up. We got to hear. I'm going to go. I'm going to go off all the way, Toussaint. I'm going to see what's up with Teray. I think he uh, fell into the matrix. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good fell into the matrix oh my god um, i'm too sure i can't believe you went to all this length these lengths to get these guests why on. not why not i'm just like this was really surprising that you got you brought out the, the guns here you got Torre, you got prescott you got vaughn gene my man's on the show marcus uh, someone, I, saw someone putting, I saw someone put in the chat, this is a total sausage fest. What's going on here? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, that, and did it, so. Yeah, but <laughs> it's oh, okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Really? He's arrived. You're working now? Finally. Oh. oh. Finally. I don't know what happened. My man, 40 grand. And I could see me, but you couldn't see me or hear me. So, belated oh, happy birthday, that's all. I mean... You've gotten a belated happy birthday for me earlier today, and uh, yeah. actually yesterday. So, so 
Two A Reed, my man, forty grand. Let me tell you something. Two A Reed is probably my best professor friend that I've never met. I gotta say, without <laughs> without a doubt, we've probably been talking on the phone now for over a decade. It's got to be or close to it. It's been a while. Yeah, it's not quite a decade, I think, but but it's probably. I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you yeah. something. The first bonding moment that me and Torre had was the first question I asked within five minutes of talking on the phone. I asked him a question. And once he answered the question, I said, oh, I knew I could be friends with this motherfucker. I asked him, I said, who was your favorite MC? There you he go. said, Big Daddy Kane. I said, oh, this is my nigga. This is, this is not a <laughs> Hey, my man, my mellow, get on the mic because you know we eat jello. But yes. that's actually Big Marquee from the Big Daddy Kane album. <laughs> In question. Yes. Once I realized, and for those who don't know, Big Daddy Kane is also my favorite MC. Once I realized that Toure's favorite MC was Big Daddy Kane, I realized that okay, we will have, we will have no problems here. We're both Generation X, very proximate in age, and I gotta say, we've probably had some of the best, longest running kinds of conversations about how fucked up people are. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy to talk shit. I mean, that is a favorite pastime of mine. So it works for me. Nicole Alexander, well, really happy. happy birthday, well wishes as well. She had to bounce for a flight. But... Yes, yes. Thank say, say hello to Deidre and give her my love as well. But I really am glad you could take time out of your schedule to come here and uh, wish me happy birthday, man. I appreciate that very much. Hey, thanks for having me, man. And many, many more. Say <laughs> your dad, I said, what's up, man? Yeah, please do. Can I just I say something ask, real quick? I was going to ask uh, Adolf to come on, but because we we changed his name to Yadolf on the show. <laughs> Jesus. Has he been banned? So anyway, <laughs> I just want to say to Ray, I've, I've never been on the same stream as you. There was a stream that I did watch you on from the chat. We were saying that you had three closets. We had a good time making jokes about your three closets, which you now hide. And yeah. your dad yelled at us for. Your dad yelled at us for making fun of his baby boy oh, and his three closets. You gotta do I just that. Want to say that. One closet with three doors, to be exact. So it's one. Is closet. it? That's what it is. That's right. Big timer. We got Big all timer. kinds of. He's balling. Meth lab. Um, there's everything. It's all there. Oh, right, man. Thanks for have a gym session. Thanks for jumping in, man. Thanks, man. Good to see you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I can, he can't pass out, you know. It's so for the people watching the show, uh, Mm -hmm. and even the people on the screen outside of Bajlan, no one can see who's in the virtual green room except for us that log in the right way. And there, people were talking about the sausage fest. So we have some very strong women about to come on right Mm -hmm. now. That uh, I don't think Pascal's talked to in a minute. So Toussaint, you want to introduce? Like to bring in my new best friend on Facebook, Ekoi. Well, I am like sitting in a dark car because I didn't make it over one time. 
So I just right. sitting drinking my ginger beer and smoking while I'm parked <laughs> to be able to make it to the show on time. I'm sorry for the shitty background, but that is that is the reality. It's totally you know, fine. We're just glad you're you here. Coming on, you you were one of the people that came on uh, when when Pascal was out for a little bit. You came on and helped us out. Yes, yeah. yes. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Like, yes. I don't yeah. Think too, I don't think there's too much ambient noise. No. Now you turn good. Yeah, people, you know, who, whoever decides to park next to me is going to think I'm crazy, but that's fine. <laughs> Well, if you guys got, if you start ranting about the woke, you know, army destroying the America, you know, you look normal in your car, you know. Okay. That's a good look. Gene Bajlan's got to bounce. He's got dad shit to do. Exactly. Right. Handle the dad biz. Peace, Thanks for coming through, Gene. Thank you so much for ha having me on. Thanks. So it's really great to talk to you, Pascal. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. And, thank yeah. You. I will get back to. The punishment for spackling. See you guys later. <laughs> oh, okay. Bye, Gene. Let's see if this would. Okay. So, there oh, you can there we go. There we, there we are. The car battery's kind of shitty, so but we'll see. We'll see if I don't. If I have to break out my my charger thing, then I'm going to blame you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, for, thank you for wishing me happy birthday, Eco. I appreciate. It. I don't know if we've met before. Well, we should. I, I followed you on like Facebook forever, so I'm probably one of your many lurkers. Well, oh, 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 man down, man down. <laughs> we're back. We're back. We're good. We're good. So yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. I am also smoking. I apologize, but I'm channeling my inner JG Michael. <laughs> oh, Jesus, JG. <laughs> <laughs> because he's like, you know, I, I used to see him on screen and he's smoking, and I'm like, damn, that looks really good right now. But I'm going to do that today. <laughs> you know, doing a commercial smoking right now. There's another woman in the waiting wings, Tucson, we have to bring in that Pascal's known for some time, known in real life. All right, are we, we're gonna do this right now. You're good. That's how you're supposed to. Yes. Do it. Hi. Oh my God. It's your comrade from Margaret Black Agenda Report, Margaret oh my Can you hear us, Margaret? Margaret can't hear us. Uh, I'm gonna pull her off, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do some tech stuff with her. Okay. Oh okay. my god. Uh when your phone fell, we saw all your fast food containers and beer Oh bottles. yeah. Oh thank you. Thank you. Yes. Actually, there's not too many fast food containers, but there are a couple of snack bags and assortments. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're not a parent, so you don't have like chicken wings and diapers in your car like me and Jean. <laughs> no, no, no. no, just, you know, and, and, it, and right now it's California cold. I was so, still like, like 38 or 39 or something like that. Oh, it's colder where you are. Yeah. It's a lot warmer than that. It's, it's 50 something. Derek and Paul and Marcus are experiencing real 
real people cold. Yeah. Well, I used to live in the East Coast, so I know real cold. Oh, yeah. That's, I don't believe in it. Well, let's, let's bring in this woman one more time. Please welcome. And try it again? Okay. Yep. Ready? Bring her in. Here we go. Mark Kimberly. Right here. Yeah, here is. I think she's getting her headphones together. Oh. Yeah. I can hear you. Hello. Oh, oh she can hear us. I can't believe you guys got Margaret. Hey, this is incredible. Hi there. Happy birthday. Thank you happy so happy much birthday. for coming, Margaret. I appreciate it so much. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hi, Margaret. Hi there. Um... So I just want to, I don't know how old you, hello, Jason. I see your big wave, Jason. <laughs> I don't know if you're telling, are you telling your age, Pascal? I'm 25 for the third time in a row. Okay. That's an answer. <laughs> she said, okay. <laughs> I'll accept that. How have you been? I've been fine, Margaret. I really want to say I, I, I appreciate you coming on for my birthday. And I was saying before, uh, earlier on, about how much uh, writing at Black and Gender Report for over 10 years and knowing Bruce Dixon, Glenn Ford, and even yourself was such a formative part of my left development. And having you come on as really kind of a living vessel from those times is oh. something I really appreciate right now because I don't think you really understand how much it was uh, important for me to have that tutelage and be able to really be around with those guys and you as well. I remember when we met up at the left forum in I think mm -hmm. 2013 yep. and that's still one of the most uh, memorable, memorable moments that I have. And then I think I came up again for uh, the sixth or seventh anniversary of black agenda report and yep. we met up again. And yeah. um, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you and what you still do and what you've done so much. And I think that uh, we're still trying to keep the memory of Bruce and Glenn Ford alive. Oh, thank you. But you know, you've played a role in my life too. I, I think one of the one of the things, great things about Black Agenda Report, it really brings people together um, uh, to teach each other. So I also learned a lot from Glenn and from Bruce, but I learned a lot from you. Well, um, thank you. I'm very honored. I, I, so, yeah, so it's um I'm glad we're still in touch. I haven't seen you in person in a few years, but I'm sure I know, I know the COVID thing was a problem, but hopefully I can get to New York soon, maybe one of these shows and we can get together. I would love that. I would love to uh to see you all. I saw Jason uh, a mm -hmm. few months back. That was nice. Mm -hmm. Uh Brooklyn yes. uh, last I think it was June. Yes. So it would be perfect to see you too. And uh, I'm just, I, I'm very appreciative of uh, uh, your presence in, in the world and what you have to bring. You have a great voice, you know. Black Agenda Report is, uh, we've, we get, we attract people who are smart and who have something to offer that certainly uh, applies to you. And of course, I always want you to submit something. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Margaret, you and us both. <laughs> so we're, we're, uh, we're on our end of year hiatus but we'll be back uh first week in january we look forward to seeing something from you 
I appreciate that mm. so much. Okay, thanks, it's like, man. yeah, those deadlines, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, deadlines. Yeah. Pascal be acting like Allen Iverson. Deadlines. <laughs> Talking about deadlines. Well, we, we all have them, but uh, and I, I appreciate you know um, uh, this is revolution. I appreciate what you guys do, and uh, you're among my favorites. And I I think we have to uh, appreciate ourselves as we use these platforms to try to bring attention to issues and to history that otherwise would go unnoticed. So I thank all of you guys. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Thank you so much, Marvin. That means so much to me. And, and it was a pleasure meeting you in real life. So It certainly Same. was. I, I look forward to seeing you again. I'll be back in New York January 22nd at the Cutting Room. And... <laughs> <laughs> I will be back in New York in January, so I'm going to look you up. Okay. Allegedly, ahead. allegedly, I will be with the birthday boy. We shall see. Well, we'll oh. see. We Fingers see. crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay. Not you, a long flight. Paul is clowning. It's not. It's like two and a half hours. That's what I said. It's not a long flight. Oh. From where to where? Miami to, to uh, New York. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, under two, two hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, two hours. All right. I know you since you are a New Yorker, a native New Yorker. Yeah, I know. But y'all have that thing called cold and snow that just makes. I it know, I know. It's not <laughs> the time of year, but. Uh, so. Yeah. You hit him with the New Yorker. I know you're New Yorker. Mm. Like now you gotta do it because you're just a punk if you don't. A Queensian, a Queensite. What what do you call yourselves from Queens? Uh only kings come from Queens. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh wow. Only punks that don't fly come from Queens. <laughs> That's an old, old hip hop. That's an old hip hop saying that kids used to say. Not even Queens. You know, I know you are Harlemite. Sounds like all, all, all hats and crowns come off for the for uptown and the Harlemites. Margaret is a native, native of Harlem, New York. Actually, I'm not. I'm not. I've I've lived uh, in Harlem all my adult life, but I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in New Rochelle. That's where you I grew up in New Rochelle. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, Margaret and Pete Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've lived here now 30 some odd years, but uh, so I, I think it's fair to call myself a Harlemite. Um, okay. But uh, now I have, to, I have to be honest, I'm uh, uh, not a native New York City person, but you know how it is. I People loved, your, I loved your last article on exposing that Charlton Hakeem Jeffries. We did a special mm-hmm. Mau hour just about him. On our mm-hmm. our show here, oh my God, he's uh, he is a, a living embodiment of everything wrong with black politics that we've always talked about these years at Black Agenda Report. Absolutely, I mean, I mean, and he's what they need now, right? So Nancy Pelosi, her time has passed. They need somebody young. Uh, being black is a plus. So he says the right things, can pretend to be a progressive. Of course, he is not. Um, and so it's, you know, the black politics continues to devolve. Um, Absolutely. It's in a, it's, it's, it's in a crisis situation. It's really bad. 
It is, it is. But uh, but we're here, Black Agenda Report, to see to tell people <laughs> what's what, that you can't trust any of these people, these phony, pro- oh my God, it's, it's horrible, the state of... Uh, uh, politics of the duopoly right now, where we... It is pretty bad. It is pretty right. bad. Anyway, but you all know that. Yeah. Um, Thank smart. you so much for coming on, Margaret. That, oh, you're very Thank welcome, you. and happy belated birthday. Thank you so Thank much. You, Margaret. Thank you, Margaret. Who is next? Who is next? There's more? Dude, there's so many like, people. The ghost of Angel Randolph is going to appear. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you, right? <laughs> is, is everybody else late? Um, I gave people time slots. Oh, yeah. Man, I wish Adnan wow. was, was on screen to drop that message. They said Jerusalem <laughs> is the sixth borough for Jeffries. <laughs> What what who who's in the seven thirteen time slot? Seven thirty somebody uh is in the, the seven fifteen. So maybe they're gonna be super punctual and wait two minutes to, to hop in. Is this a black person that's supposed to be in that time slot? <laughs> okay, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm gonna call bullshit. <laughs> I was handing out time slots like Pez. I don't remember, man. We coming for you, nigga. That's all I gotta say to them. Okay. <laughs> we made it through first full hour of this. How wow, you we, got, we got Dr. Lou here. Silly shit, Joseph. Happy birthday, my dear friend, Dr. Lou, my Haitian brother. Oh my gosh, incredible! Yes, there's there's more there's more Haitian hellos, but uh, there you are, know, there are. I, we we have to we have to, I'm shaking my head in Toussaint right now. I remember when Jason one minute. Did come on. Uh, my stream talking about uh, which one of your articles that you've written. I can't remember which article, but I, by the end of it, like one of the questions was, "Hey, when are you gonna have Doctor McCone on again?" Because I enjoy watching Pat no. and the conversation. And it was like, "Damn, we bring Jason on. He writes about. He drops a thousand words. It was the one where it's like talking about like new metal. They were like they're like uh, it was it was a, it was the metal and politics, punk and politics. Metal, yeah, yes, yeah." yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, 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 this is all good, motherfucker. But when are you going to get past that? We're going to pop a combo. Yeah, yeah. I don't really <laughs> like you per se. <laughs> you got a nice show and all. I'm not, you're not my favorite, though. <laughs> nigga, <laughs> he said, you're nigga, not Paul, my favorite. Paul, Paul, that nigga came on the screen. Or not on the screen, because Marcus got a call in show. This nigga calls in and goes, yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily like you per se. <laughs> With that brother Paul McComb, goddamn! <laughs> I like the way he talk. It's honesty, you know what I'm saying? It's honesty. I ain't never had nobody just look me in the eye and be like, "Yeah, not really," but next. Wow, <laughs> man! That dude treated me like it was a dating app. My birthday, man. It's a beautiful day. It's the day after your birthday, and people are still saying happy birthday. And this is going to be on YouTube for a long time. Yeah. And they're probably going to tell us we can't monetize it because YouTube does that to all of our videos. Yeah. But let's make sure we don't say Jew. 
gonna mess it up. Sorry. Oh, we call them European Haitians. <laughs> oh wow! I think I had the wrong microphone the whole time. Oh, we gotta be sounding better now. Yeah, now you sound better. Before you sounded like you was on punishment. Now you sound better. They said, said something. We've been doing this for an hour, and I sound like garbage. Come on. Was well, it sound like he was on punishment? I didn't know if because your life changed, your sound changed. <laughs> God damn. So while we're waiting, M2 Sound, are you ever gonna make an appearance? Like mm. that's a really like, good question, Mr. Prescott. It's like such a mystery. I know that if I do see you in person, I am going to say hi. Uh, okay. Maybe a light punch in the arm. <laughs> maybe a, another joke about you going to sleep right after Jeopardy comes on. Yes. Damn, like an old um, person. Like an old person. That's our Paul. Hi, Paul. Which, yeah, uh, uh, maybe. Eventually. I mean, you can just jump on right now, say hello, pop back right. out. That'd be funny. It's, it's like, oh no, she won't, like she won't do it. Crazy mystery. I'm like, wow, I still have never seen M2 Sun. Or how cold is it where you are, man? Uh, about, let's see, about 15 degrees, about a foot of snow on the ground in the Fuck. desert. That noise. I dug Damn. my car out last week, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Fuck that. No I don't miss that. I recorded. Is the, is the, is the, mm-hmm. I'm in the is car the with you. Boy. Already? Huh? Is the school year over already? Uh, in uh, my, uh, I don't, I don't teach after tomorrow, and um, but yeah, I drove in today. Um, yeah, I miss. I kind of miss uh, Georgia during the winters here. Um, uh, however, I lived in Wyoming for a little while, um, and it gets like ne- it gets in that cold where Fahrenheit and Celsius become the same thing, and it's too cold to snow. Like, so it's too cold to snow. Yes, yeah, yeah it happens. <laughs> it also Sounds gets like so cold that. It kind of is. I mean, I went to, uh, I was working out there and I went into this shed and it was 24 degrees in the shed and it felt warm. And I knew that I had been ruined by the weather there and that no people should live there. And, uh, <laughs> and basically nobody does. I mean, to be completely fair, I mean, it's more like caribou than people, but it's, I, I, I don't care how you drive through Wyoming via the 80 or the 25. There's no one there. And when you do see people, you feel like you're in an episode of Twin Peaks. Oh, yep. Reservation country? A lot of Native American reservations? It's a little bit of res country. A lot of uh, Bureau of Land Management. I was about to say BLM. But that means something else down here. Um... <laughs> Uh, so it's a lot of bureau, just like Utah is a lot of bureau land management land. Like, like you know, once you get out of the the mountains, um, so yeah, um, but that's 
that's what it's like. You, I'm, I'm really jealous of Miami right now. Oh, <laughs> um, no, it's, it's not that bad. It's not, it's not crazy hot, but it's like 60s, early, high, low 70s. That's perfect. Yeah, must be nice. Take it. <laughs> Your mark is nice. nice. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing about you, pal, it's like 110 in the summer, too. Like, we get both extremes, so. That's incredible. So, yeah. My, my last my last time in Salt Lake on tour, it was the spring. And I remember we had to haul ass out of there because it started snowing. And I was like, anywhere that snows in the spring is an evil place. I was I was in uh, Green River, Wyoming once and it snowed in fucking June. Oh, Damn. Not OK. I thought yeah. the worst experience I had was snow in uh, what's supposed to be a warm season. When I was in law school in Boston in the blizzard of 96 hit mm. and it was April and there was like two, some odd, two, three feet of snow and it was miserable, man. I remember walking in Boston in the blizzard cold in April and I was like, oh, this is just <laughs> horrible, man. I the first year I moved to Maine, it snowed the second week of April, and I like there's I I don't know how like it's like it's hard to describe how upsetting that is to like actually move to a place and it's like this is this is how pe- why do people live here is my question. But you grew why up in Ohio, people- man. Isn't it April, the second week in April though? The second week in April, it's jumping feet of snow. I wasn't ready for it. Wasn't ready for it. Ohio doesn't do that shit. Wait, might now. I don't know. I haven't been back. I thought Ohio was one of those places where they had that ridiculous, like brick Michigan cold. No, no. Well, no. that's where it's like Cleveland. Cleveland, they can have that. Um, you know, Columbus. Mm-hmm. We're not. We don't get the lake effect. Very temperate, moderate people. Okay, in Columbus, no extremes. Wow. So M2 Sun, who we got next, man? Well, we gotta wait for the people to show up first. <laughs> There's no one queued up just yet. That's because I was getting used to this. I, like, all right, who's next? I, I know, right? Where are my she people invited, at? She invited too many black people, and this is what happens. They they are Feels late. Like it. They are like late. It. You, I no, told I'm you I'm on time. <laughs> See, the, the 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 Asian woman came on time. I'm never on time. That's the thing. I like fuck the Asian <laughs> friends by never being on time. <laughs> Look, I have I have a million kids with you people, and they yell at me if I'm late five minutes picking up one of these little bastards. But you know, let one of these hoes have to be somewhere, and they just oh my god, oh my gosh. This is like the one episode my ex-wife watches. She's like, I'm a hoe now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, not calling you that. Say the proverbial hoes. Proverbial. <laughs> so the platonic hoes? Is that what like the Yeah, yeah. It's like uh you hoe. have hoes. Like the the perfect hoes. form of hoe that exists in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Thing? You know, what do they say? Remember that, that black sheep album? Platonic? <laughs> well, look, we look. We have a very good yes. friend of Pascal. Uh, I don't think 
I've got a chance to tell this person that uh, the last show I was a guest on, someone called in to say that they like him. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, it's cool, but you need more Paul McComb. So please welcome the Dr. Paul McComb. Oh, yeah. To sign, stop. (laughs) <laughs> wow happy birthday bro happy birthday paul so you the late you the late one i should i should knew it i should have known it man you be the late hey brother i fell asleep to be i'm be honest with you <laughs> paul mccomb brother paul man thank you so much by the way for those who don't know thursday is paul mccomb's birthday so wish him a happy birthday as well oh, happy dang. birthday paul birthday. Paul, man, I'm glad. Hey, listen, at least they didn't ban you from YouTube because I know Facebook got no love for you at all. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Twitter just lifted their ban off of me. <laughs> anyway, man, but listen, man, listen, Paul. Yo, listen, I just want to let you know, man, thank you for contributing to the commentary that we have on this show, man. You've had probably a couple of the liveliest episodes we've had. <laughs> the first one that we did talking about... Um, uh, uh, what was the first show we did? Was uh, oh my god, I think the Haitian Critical Race Theory. Race theory. Yeah. Oh, that show has a lot, right. of, a lot of views, man. That one did well. That we did the other one on Haitian history. That we did the yeah. one on Voodoo. You believe me, man. People ask about you all the time, man. They're like, oh man, we gotta get Paul on. And I've been yeah. people don't know that we would not actually have met in person and we know each other in person before actually online. We've done we've spoken at, at conferences together, me, yourself, and uh and uh, Dr. Lou as well. Yeah on a couple on a couple of occasions. So uh it's really and I know Dr. Lou is moving to Texas now, man. I'm gonna feel yeah. bad and it's like the Haitian Florida trifecta is breaking up, man. <laughs> you know? But um it's um it's a really, really been an honor. For those who don't know, man, I've learned so much. Much of the information I have about Haitian history and Haitian politics has come through my conversations with Paul McComb, man. Paul, Paul is probably one of the few scholars that does a hardcore class, particularly Marxist-infused analysis of the Haitian Revolution and Haitian politics in a way that you're not going to get anywhere else. And I'm really, really glad that there's never been a time that I've called Paul to come on the show and he's given us a problem. He's like, oh, no problem. Anytime, man. I'll come on. <laughs> so uh, thank you hey. so much for coming on for my birthday, bro. Hey, no problem, brother. No problem. I, I won't stay long because I'm I'm exhausted, but <laughs> I said I can't. No, you because you've been teaching at Rutgers for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, brother. So I said I had to come on and, and say happy birthday. By the way, I do use your the the videos in my classes, believe it or not. <laughs> wow, I appreciate wow. that, man. I'm very honored, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Paul, by the way, Paul does not miss an episode of This Is Revolution. He's been a loyal follower for a long time, man. He loves the show. He's I always ask him his opinion of our episodes, and he promotes the show, and he teaches them in his class regularly. Yeah, so thank, wow. thank, thanks for having me. Toussaint had to send me a message to remind me to come on. <laughs> All right. Man. I did. <laughs> I'm glad you listened to my message. Unlike hey, some really? people. <laughs> you you <won't> <laughs> <be up. laughs> 
All right, Thanks, brother. Paul. You have a happy birthday, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Paul. Thank you, Paul. No happy problem. birthday, Paul. Thank you. Happy birthday. Are you taking off, Ekoi? No, I just said happy birthday to the oh. guest that was leaving. Thank you, Ekoi. Okay, uh, both Pauls have to head out. Uh, so, uh, Born Center Cold World cannot see the light skin, dark skin Paul fight that she wanted to see. Oh, God. <laughs> Especially while we're both leaving, we're having the fight in a different the, forum. Well, I wanted to see, I, I wanted to see more of a posse cut. Uh, I was mm. hoping for like a Stevie Wonder, Paul McCartney kind of <laughs> Ebony and Ivory moment. And uh, I was going to say, I will get this. I'm last Wonder, thing right? I do. I'd be Stevie Wonder. Yeah, we would okay. we reverse it. We'd reverse yeah, it. Yeah, right. Reverse okay. it. Paul is like, well, I'm not quite so Ivory. <laughs> well, Prescott, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you showing up. Happy birthday. Or more of a say, say, say Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. I, I want to get funky with it. Paul is off Ivory. Okay. I should probably oh, leave now. This is, this is my time to leave. Peace, <laughs> Paul. All right. Great seeing everyone. Thanks, Paul. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can we say shout out to Paul's uh, Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia Eagles as well? Yo, the Eagles are doing work. Uh, Jordan Dubin says Ebony and Ivory is actually Jason and Ben Burgess. No, Jason and Ben Burgess is Rocky and Apollo running on the beach. Hey. Uh, you might have to workshop that one. You might have to workshop that one. So if you wanted to engineer a Paul versus Paul fight, would I just need to mention CLR James? Is that what would do it? the lions then over here the girl is mine jb says the girl is mine i'm good at starting fights by accident like that time i started the whole afro pessimism two-hour thing and apparently killed somebody with the late greg tate yeah you yeah. pissed well, off you Greg. Talk about Tate. that, Jason. I'm gonna wrangle some more guests. Okay, the Greg Tate, famous music journalist, um, either Rolling Stone, some major publication actually did a a, a really nice obituary to Greg Tate when he when he passed away. It, it, I was so excited that Greg Tate was coming on the show. You know, I Black Rock Coalition from back in the mid '80s. Um, and I'm thinking we're going to have this wonderful conversation. And all of a sudden, Greg Tate starts quoting, uh, Frank Wilderson, like he's Elijah Muhammad and, uh, <laughs> Derek Varn was just sitting there throwing gasoline on the Afro pessimistic fire. I didn't know saying the J word was Afro pessimism discussion. <laughs> so... That was, we were not, I think all we did was mention, we were having a discussion about anti or or, or post-Marxism before Greg Tate Mm -hmm. comes on with Lillian Chichurchia. And I think she brought up uh, Cedric Robinson's uh, Black Marxism. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Strama Callum calls Frank Wilderson the woke Clayton Bigsby. (laughs) Damn.
Damn. That's rough. Um, I hope Naomi is going to be on. Naomi who? I don't know who Naomi is. Who's Naomi? Do we know a Naomi? I feel bad. You know who I did hit up? Brianna Joy Gray. You know what? She never gets back to me. She never gets back to me. You, gotta talk, you don't talk about AOC enough for her to talk to you. I tried. I tried. I, tr- I really tried. But she does you know not what? want to make this podcast fucking power couple happen. The thing is, I was actually thinking about this. Um, the It might have been the Norman episode. But it definitely was an episode with... Uh, uh, with Angela, yeah, and I remember saying something was like people get caught up with the you know the squad and all the type of stuff like that, but it's like they don't have enough power to actually do the things that they're prescribing, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's no betrayal of the working class by the squad <laughs> because the working class has already been betrayed. There's no like it's already been, but you know, it's like they don't have any actual power to, to do the things that these people are mad at them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and like, it, yeah, it's just even with this whole like the railroad strike has come up. I was thinking about that, like that episode again, mm-hmm. and just saying it's like these people get so caught up, but it's like they don't have enough power to do the things that you're mad at them for. Yeah, you know what um, though, I I do think like not to defend Bridgeway Gray here, but like there is a sense in which like maybe the DSA quit, can quit fucking lying that they do have that power then, like. Yeah, if we're gonna be yeah, honest I, about it, like maybe they should, maybe they should quit pretending because that shit gets on my nerves. I agree. I actually told someone who wanted to kick him out of the DSA. I was like, "What would it fucking matter? Like, it's just gonna yes, make the DSA exactly, look mean. exactly. You think they yes. go to the meetings, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? Exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. But, look, can we can we just barn? Can we agree that for a lot of people, this is just sports. And, and your favorite band. And you know, you know what a lot of this shit sounds like to me, Varn? And since and since we're music homies like this, you I hope you relate to this. You know what this feels like to me? What? Metallica cut their hair. Oh. <laughs> all this shit, every time somebody says something about you did this, oh, Metallica, all I hear is Metallica cut their hair. These motherfuckers oh, get snap. so worked up. It was traumatic when they cut their hair, though. Come on. Derek, am I, Derek, am I lying, Derek? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, like, if y'all wanted to really blow up big, all you got to do is get Pascal to complain about AOC every 35 minutes, yeah. and I'm sure a bunch of white boys would show up and give you money. But, um, but <laughs> you know, um, score points. People yeah. want to score points. That, that's why motherfuckers like sports. That's why motherfuckers like video games. There's games on these dating apps. It's cats want to score points. And some of these, ooh, he said blah, blah, blah. Or so-and-so said AOC is this. It's all point scoring. It's either point scoring or that band sold out. And I'm like, who did they betray? Because last I checked, that's just how politics functions. I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not mad at this. Well, I am a little bit mad mad at squad for being stupid, but, uh, but. I'm not really mad at the squad. I am mad. I am mad at elements of the DSA who sell and people complaining about it who sell this shit because I'm like, 
for some of these people, they are building real hope for something that they have like have not done shit to do. I mean, I hate to tell people, but even if you take the outer limit of the DSA's numbers, which is what like uh, 90, uh, 95K, that's a borough in New York. Mm. I could drown that in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, that's kind of harsh. Like, like, I mean, like, for real, I like to tell people that the Raelians at least claim 600. Uh, six hundred thousand. So you know, alien sets cults are your thing. They, they are. They, if we it's are to branding. believe them, they are. They are much larger. It's it's a branding exercise, and I think one thing people are maybe so caught up in, you can't see it. There's Obama was branding, right, mm-hmm. and Trump doubled down on branding, and. AOC, and, and I'll keep saying this until maybe more people start reiterating this, is our first social media politician. Yeah. 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 And, you know, she got it right with the branding as some sort of progressive. And I, look, I don't know her personally. All I know is what I've read and what I see. And all you really need to do for most people that get real excited about this stuff because it is again it's sports and it's projection and if you are a sports fan listen to a sports talk show all it is is projection from people that know nothing nothing about the team the inner workings of any team and that's the same thing that i get when i hear a lot of people talk about this media creation that is the squad yeah, I think the other thing is like, especially it's like, what's frustrating for me is like, like coming from my background, there's like a lot of people who talk about a say electoral politics is worthless, and then they consistently talk about electoral politics <laughs> in a in a in a very ignorant way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the thing though is like, once you come to where I I think most of us agree, right? It's like the once you come to the reality of that. We're so, you know, the left, quote unquote, in the United States is is so far from any type of uh, wielding any organizational power. It ends up just going to the same thing where you're just like clipping and, you know, getting mad at somebody that you think you do have control over. And, you know, at the end of the day, it just ends up being a whole lot like whatever gets clicks and blah, 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 or, you know, getting mad at someone until they come on your podcast. Um, and, and, and it doesn't really do much to, yeah, drive, drive a narrative in, in the, in like the working class of the United States. It does nothing to build any type of power that can be wielded for the change, uh, material conditions. You know, it just kind of ends up in the, you know, just doing the rounds of the algorithm and then, you know, waiting for the next time that you can (laughs) do it again. Do, do, do you feel, can I ask you guys this question? And I want to ask the birthday boy this question. So Ben and I were talking about this recently and I was like, there's nothing that feels more capitalistic to me than your consumer choices. And voting almost feels like consumer choices at this point. Um, kind of base your lifestyle politics and, and politics is a bit of a lifestyle brand. Um, and it feels to me that people are real caught up in basing 
their lifestyle brand on just how they vote. Even like Marcus says, the people that go, oh, I'm not about electoral politics, but it's almost like, well, I voted for this. I vote for that or I don't I vote never at voted all. for this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pascal, what is, what is your? I think that because for really the what we call the 50 plus year counter revolution, we've been so divorced from real significant movement politics that people are impressed with the fact that they even vote at all. And as a result, they attach so much value to it that it does become a lifestyle that people are like, oh, you know, you know, I'm, are you voting for, are you voting Democrat? Are you voting Republican? And I think that the phenomenon of Trumpism really expanded that problem because Trump really caused people, I think Trump fractured the consciousness of a lot of liberals in this country and a lot of certain people in the Republican Party as well, in that they believed he was such an anomaly that they became a different type of extreme and it is became their politics became a brand anti-trumpism became a brand trumpism became a brand and it all became a brand and it's just like i know people are just so i mean i understand january 6th i get it so on and so forth but people are just just obsessed with it, it was like listen i get what the guy did like yeah we want to see him you know, be taken out legally, whatever, so on and so forth. But it's like the amount of emotional investment is really uh, extreme. I mean, I, I've argued that left and right in America doesn't have uh, right has meaning, left does not, except that it is not right. That's all. I mean, that's pretty much the meaning in the United States. the The reason why we can all call everybody else a liberal is we don't really know what liberal means anymore nor do we know what left means and um i i don't actually i say that because there's sometimes i don't know what we mean by it anymore i'm like it's a floating fucking signifier um uh i i told uh our uh chris catron when i left his organization a decade ago that like when he was like the left is dead and i was like i don't even know what left you're talking about being dead right like I don't know what you're talking about as a thing of which it has died. Now, I, I do now. It, you know, ironically, since the time I left that in 2013, I, I th there has been a, a quote self uh, Overton window move towards the left. But I, I, every time I talk to quote leftist unquote and ask them what they actually believe or even what they think I'm saying to them, I get a thousand different things, um, and. Uh, actually, one of the things that, uh, you know, my, my first big, you know, how I ended up on this show, let's, let's go back into the deep archives here, is I called Jason mean words on the internet for bringing up David Harvey, um, because I thought David Harvey had like a political conspiracy theory, basically, about neoliberalism that didn't look at the hard economic facts um of of why that conspiracy took place not that it didn't happen but that it wasn't just policy right and then when i started hearing pascal speak and i was like oh finally somebody else who like comes at this from a completely different perspective than me but has a lot of the same frustrations about what does it mean to be left now because a lot of people say a lot of shit 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I have gotten, I mean, you know, we talk about how, you know, people calling other people grifters is usually bullshit, but I, I and I actually, Jason, totally agree with that, but I'm beginning to get why they feel that way mm-hmm. because they were sold a brand mm-hmm. that was pretty much substanceless and mm-hmm. they were sold a vision that was pretty much a man an old white jewish man mm. like and you leave Sam cedar out of this and, <laughs> sam cedar's not that old you know i was gonna I, say not that there's anything wrong with that um <laughs> yeah I, 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 like this is not to disparage bernie but a person is not a movement yeah and and then a lot of people created stories around around that like i kept on hearing like well bernie brought back the workers movement i'm like no the union uptick in America began in, uh, after its collapse in the 70s in, in 2012, right, after, right up to actually right before. You can't even blame it on Occupy. It's right before Occupy. Mm-hmm. And then it collapses during COVID, all right? And actually, you know, and I find it, like, wild that we keep on talking about this rebirth of unionization. And I'm just looking at stats going, it's not, it's only in Amazon and Starbucks, like all the other unions are dying from attrition are they going in like you're having all these unions who are who are like unionizing uh tas and adjuncts who, who need it don't get me wrong but i mean like why is why are tas represented by the united auto workers union well because the united auto workers union's own field collapsed right so like and i'm seeing these people and the DSA and Jacobins sell this stuff, and and like if they are in a union, they are paid staff. Like I'm I'm not saying everybody. I don't want to overly generalize, but like that's definitely the way they talk about it. Um, and most of the time, I'm hearing people talk about you selling unions to people, and I ask them, "Have you ever been in one?" And the answer I get is no. Nope. Right. Well, let so, me tell you what's kind of frustrating me, Varn, is that I mean, I. I'm a little bit more generous than you are with Sanders because I have gone on the record and said that I felt that there was value in the Sanders movement, not movement, the Sanders candidacy, because I think that he expanded the open Overton window and introduced a generation of kids to left. And what I mean by left is anti-capitalist politics. Mm-hmm that normally would not have thought that capitalism was the problem. Of course, there were precursors to that. You can say Occupy, you can say the crash of 2008. You can say that it was not even Sanders. It was a result of the material contradictions of the subprime mortgage crash and the economic precarity that came with that. I agree with that. But the one thing I don't think we should deny, and we are fair and honest, is that the Sanders campaign of 2016 particularly galvanized that energy into a certain force that would not have existed otherwise that created a new kind of worldview, particularly around under 40 millennials 
and gave them certain rhetoric and skills and encouraged them to read people who had been considered relics intellectually in America. And I'm not saying this applies to you because you had already been there. You were on the left maybe since 2009 or 10, if I'm not mistaken. They started to read Marx or consider Marx. They started to consider socialism. They started to, they started to consider all of these left options that many people who were older, at least Generation X, if not baby boomers, were thought were completely anathema to the consciousness of the American body. And, and we can't we can't ever underestimate the fact that where a lot of interest in progressive politics does really to me start with Obama, especially after eight years of Bush Jr. The Sanders yeah. movement takes it to where I think people thought Obama was in twenty uh, in, in two thousand and eight and twenty twelve. I think, right. like, when it, especially to, like going to Sanders too. It's like one of the things that's like, I I think it might be valuable to ask. It's like, what was missing? You know, like uh, because and Varn, I, like he, I think he said it perfectly. It's like this is not a movement. This is a man. This is a campaign for presidency. And once it went away, it went away, right? Because that's what campaigns do. Once they're over, they go away. And I think the biggest mistake Bernie Sanders made is not so much in 2016, but in 2020. In that, uh, that 2016, when by when when Trump wins, all everyone who's on the left flank of the Republicans got scared. They all crapped on themselves when Trump won, including Bernie, because Bernie went silent and he did not want to seem like he was going to ruin the the quote unquote the opposition to trump okay so he mm -hmm. just laid back in the cut when he ran in 2020 and they set up the democratic primary intentionally to stop him from winning and that is exactly why they had so many candidates and they set up Biden with the South Carolina primary with Clyburn basically orchestrated to give Biden the nomination. Remember, after Biden wins South Carolina, after losing every other primary before, they forced all the other primaries in the primary candidates in the Democratic Party lineup to drop out. Except Warren. Except for Warren. And Biden walks into the nomination. Bernie did not take the opportunity after the 2020 election to actually create grassroots movement politics, which I know he understands how to do. Yep. Yeah, he did yep. it in Vermont. In fact, yep. you know, basically after 2016, he did the opposite of Vermont. But I, you know, I don't want to make it about a referendum about Bernie. I wanted to, you know, like, I. I, I kind of find the whole Bernie betrayed us thing to be obnoxious. Like it's not, I don't, A, I don't think it's true. Um, and B, I don't think it matters. Um, which I think that last part bothers people even more. Um, my, my, I am, I think the, the one, the one thing I worry about Pascal that, that that's a little bit different than you, and maybe this is where I'm harsher, uh, is I see a political horizon right now that that is actually more limited despite the re the resurrection of socialism for people to actually see what they could do to get out of the bind with the right wing of the democratic party and there is nothing 
that people can do that's realistic if they stay within that framework. Agreed. They go they go insane. They they go weird shit trying to think their way out of that. They start talking about how Trump was more progressive than Ob- than oh God. Uh, oh God. than uh, than uh, Biden or some objectively like like even on war. I, I find that a statement. Like yeah, Biden's a war hawk, but he ended Afghanistan. Trump didn't shut the fuck up. Like um, well. What's really happening, and let me tell you, I agree with you. I think that we're in a moment where that same energy that Bernie helped start is on its deathbed. Why? Because the liberals who are to the right of the progressives or leftists or anti-capitalists or socialists are recalibrating. They are reconfiguring. They Listen, I put something on social media, and this is to me... A, a, a bellwether of the condition of the Democrats. After the midterms, particularly after Georgia, and particularly after Brittany Griner, you know, the black political class was thrilled with itself. They got Hakeem Jeffries, who's now going to be the next head of the of uh, of uh, of of, uh, the, of Congress if the Democrats take over. He's basically in control. They got Warnock beat out uh, Herschel Walker in Georgia. Uh, they got uh, one of the biggest victories that's underappreciated. They got this neoliberal troglodyte, Wes Moore, who's now governor of Maryland. You can call that dude a troglodyte. Well, speaking of a non-troglodyte, let's bring in a gentleman that, uh, thanks to Toure Reed. Uh, was part of one of the better episodes that we did. And he also gave Pascal a ton of reading. Uh, please welcome the newlywed Josiah Rector. Hey guys, how you doing? I hope my mic is working. Your mic's working. We can hear you. Hey, happy birthday, Pascal. My my, my bad for coming in late. Uh, Ryan, at, at let me tell you something, bro. Let me tell you something. I want I want before you come on, man. I gotta give you I gotta give you your flowers, man. Let me tell you something. This cat right here gave me a list of some of the best books on black politics I've ever seen on in my life, man. I mean, dude, you, I mean, I called, I text this cat and I was like, yo, listen, I need, you know, really some good books to explain the trans black, the, the transition of black politics in the age of neoliberalism. Yo, Josiah, I'm still going through some of those titles, bro. And I gotta oh. tell you, that stuff was valuable. Oh, thank you. And actually, I was actually just talking to Jay Arena, um, who I know is a, a, a friend of, of uh, some, some of the folks that you were mentioning. And he's doing this project on Ross Baraka in Newark that I think he'd be mm. really interested in, actually. And charter schools and all that shit. Mm. Wow. I think, I think Jay, I think you would have a really good conversation with Jay Arena. about. Torres kept telling me that we got to get Jay Arena on the show. Yeah. But by the way, did you recently get married? You recently got yeah. married, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I just, yeah. Congratulations, man. But I Thank really you. appreciate you coming out. I was Thank you. I wanted to be on here earlier. I, I feel like I missed all the good stuff. But you guys are, were uh, talking about the kind of uh, dying uh, embers of, of the Sanders effect, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you want to jump in with some input? Uh, well, actually, I was, I was, so, okay. So I'm, I'm based in Houston, Texas. We have a sizable DSA chapter. And then I know some of the people in like PSL. And there's a couple small 
more radical left tendencies here in Houston. And then you have like the trade union bureaucracy, the corporate Democrats, but there's not a very strong left, unsurprisingly, where I am. I do a lot of stuff with Houston DSA and some of the labor groups here, but I was just talking to one of my friends who is more radical and kind of suspicious of the entry as tendencies of the DSA. And he was talking about how likely it is the DSA is going to return to where it was before 2015, which is mm -hmm. really the sort of Michael Harrington contradiction mm -hmm. of a, a, a group that, that essentially is like, it's like Dissent Magazine, right? It's this very soft left kind of Democratic Party entryist, quasi-social democratic organization with like 5,000 members. Mm -hmm. And DSA had this boom in 2015 because of Bernie. But it's like, and, and it's always had the same problem of being disproportionately middle class, PMC, et cetera, uh, uh, you know, disproportionately white. And, but, but the bigger problem is that DSA's strategy, you know, they, they might get some city council members, they might get some people in the house, but they're not going to affect any legislation. You see this with Pramila Jayapal's Medicare for All Act. Yep. Where is that gone? Nowhere, right? You see it with the, you know, the Jamal Bowman the problem, et cetera. I, yes. And, and look, I, I think that local DSA chapters do some valuable work. We've done some valuable work with local la labor organizing. But I think there's a, a danger of DSA returning to what it was before 2015 and, and going, you know, it, they could lose half their membership and dwindle down into yeah. what they were. And I think it's the Michael Harrington problem. It's the Michael Harrington strategy problem. Yeah. And, right. it's, I, and it's just something like, I feel like I was, I was well, not and just I. I Marcus, nice to meet you. I don't think we've been on, you know, like, at least I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, 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 and once again, I'm going to throw it back to Varn. And actually, there's like, uh, Varn, that book that you did recommended that I read, um, I thank you so much, right? Being like, as we're giving kudos to, you know, book recommendations. But, uh, um, when it's you're like pointing at Bernie, pointing at any of the members, you know, like progressives and members. I think it, it it takes away accountability, responsibility from the actual like people run organizations that like the left should be that, you know, that's the type of principles that we should be going for. So it's like even getting totally disappointed in saying like, oh, Bernie let us down. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like there, there wasn't the organizing effort matched with the popularity to build something, you know, <laughs> sustainable and and not even just sustainable to build something that's like forceful that i can actually wield power um and not just scrape and claw for you know maybe some decent messaging around an issue uh and that's and that's where yeah it's like going to like any type of electoral strategy uh and there's something like i think that like psl kind of pushes a lot of like understanding that most Americans understand electoral politics as their only identifier to any type of political power. Some then, you know, so much smaller have have their union organizations. And so you know, I, remember, I remember we had Adolf Reed on and I we talked about how he kind of felt that he can he couldn't expect any more from Bernie. And I kind of pushed back against that because I made the argument that I really uh, I felt that Bernie missed the opportunity, but not by not turning his candidacy in 2020 into a movement. And I think Adolf's response was something to the effect that we can't blame Sanders for not building the left that we want to see. And I, I agree with it. And I, I have to say, because you could have built I remember, an actual, and like the things that Bernie did in Vermont, and I'm sorry, like, go to that, but like the thing that Bernie did as a first, like the first, when he just started as mayor in Vermont, of actually building people run organizations because the government there largely shut them all out. 
if if he's attempting to do that with a bunch of the nationwide uh, campaign offices, instead of just building a campaign office, you build a you know communal service, right? Whatever the party's going to be, this is where they meet. This is where they decide on what they're going to do. And you hold that office, you hold that physical space geared towards solving the issues within that community. And then you hopefully, maybe half of them, maybe a quarter of them, maybe only one of them stays. But at that point, that's actually a movement building strategy and not just getting elected. Josiah, you want to say something? I was just going to say, um, to to the credit of both BSA and the people in the 2016-2020 Bernie campaigns, I remember uh, groups like the ISO, the SWP, the Marxist-Leninist sects in like the early 2000s. And that's how I got introduced to the leftist groups like that and like the Answer Coalition and stuff. And I remember how small and weak it was. And you guys have often pointed that out on your show. And I think the fact that, that DSA is still stuck with the Harrington problem, right, of, of sort of ineffectual entryism at the margins of a corporate dominated party and that Bernie ended up sort of caving to Biden and getting some little uh, concessions here. But you see, like, with the recent Yemen war resolution, like he keeps getting steamrolled. Um, he, you know, they can get some little concessions on the on the edges from the corporate Democrats. But d- just thinking about how weak the radical left is now, but even more so was 15 years ago and 10 years ago. I think that you know we shouldn't expect too much in some ways. And 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 I agree with with the point that Adolf made that, that Pascal referenced that you know you could definitely see the Bernie campaigns as successes relative to where we were in say 2013, right? Yeah. But but that's a pretty low freaking bar, right? And I think yeah. that might be the shitty part that is just recognizing like how right wing of the country that we live in and how far we have to go. Well, I mean, I would I would go further, Marcus. I'd say how right wing of a world we live in. I was yeah. about to say the same yeah. thing. <laughs> like yeah. like it's not I, I sometimes hear this about the US and I'm like, I don't know. I've been to Europe. They seem like they're full of shit too. One party right wing country. The left is totally dead in Britain right now. As bad as the 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 the, the, the Tories are, there's no left party. And even yeah. in the failure of the Tories, they're still gonna be in control maybe for another decade, maybe for another 20 years. Yeah, I mean, to put it to put Bernie to defend Bernie a little bit, and I know I'm not given to it, I just want to compare it to Corbin. Uh, Corbin got farther and his left got more eradicated. It pretty much does not exist now. Um, right. the liquid, whereas where the DSA is interesting though, Josiah, because like in 2016, it was a pretty mass organic moving, doubling every year. Uh, mm-hmm. now it's it is shrinking from every MPC report that we that yeah. I read. Um, and what I find interesting is the sex. You know, the sex you're talking about, even like the ISO, the IMT, the Trotsky sex, the ML sex, uh, they're how the, the DSA regionally organizes outside of New York and California because there's no regional level organization as designed by mm-hmm. Arrington explicitly. So now those now those groups make up the caucuses that are the intermediate. So the sectarian wars are just in the DSA. But I think you're right because I remember like I was so disgusted by international answer it broke my brain and I became a right winger for 4 years. Like true facts. So and I, I and just to be clear, I'm not just dumping on the MLs. I I actually I I, I remember um I did some stuff with like the SWP in Philadelphia a long time ago. And I I was around those groups a fair amount and a lot of their members did great stuff, but 
but they were trapped in, a, in, a, in an organizational model that couldn't exceed a few hundred members. Um, and it was, and, and there was, was a problem with ossification. I don't want to generalize too much between say ISO or, or SWP and all these different sectlets and their constant uh, breakages. As far as what you're saying about how these groups went into the DSA, I agree with you. And, 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 and it is kind of an incoherent mishmash. Yeah, it's it, it's fine though. I mean, like um, this is this is what we do on Pascal's birthday. We honor him by talking about <laughs> other leftists. But uh, I mean, it's it it's very frustrating right now because um, because it, it it is interest it is interesting how much more it hurts to come down when you actually kind of sort of got somewhere. Then it does like I didn't feel hurt when the left failed in 2012 or in 2007 or because it was like, well, that's what we do. Like we just <laughs> lose. Um, but but after Bernie, I will admit it hurt more. And I think a lot of people, I mean, just personally have been going through something with that because it did hurt more because it's the first time you ever tasted in America. I mean, you know, uh what it was like to be, I don't know, uh, a Marxist in Britain or something where you, you might almost affect something for about 30 seconds. And I'm, the bitterness of that really hit, like, I'm for gonna, a lot of people. I want to say something that might kind of offend some people, I'll be very honest. I, and, and this comes out of the, 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 the a product of who my mentors were in the political tradition I come from. And I think Adolf Reed actually stated this as well. I never expected Bernie Sanders to win a Democratic nomination. Mm. I never did because I understand the nature of American politics and the reality that to think that the bourgeois capitalist left flank of capital party is going to let, let a nominal socialist be its nominee, in my opinion, was always ridiculous. So the value of Sanders to me was never in his potential to win the nomination. The value of Sanders to me was to organize and mobilize and open the Overton window to yes. his politics and expand the capacity of people to create grassroots movement politics on the ground. I agree. Can I add something to that? So I, I often think about uh, Adolf's work with the Labor Party in the 90s. And 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 I've, I re recently read a biography of Tony Mazaki uh, by Les Leopold, who talks a lot about the Labor Party in the final chapters of the book. And Mazaki often said that it, it, you're losing in politics if someone else is choosing what you're talking about. Mm. And what Sanders did do was change the subject. He people yeah. talking about Medicare for all yeah. and the like. Um, sorry, I've got. But the, you know, if you can get people talking about single payer health care, if you can get people talking about raising the minimum wage, if you can get people talking about free college, that in and of itself is valuable, right? But if you do a, you know, if you look at the balance of power within the Democratic Party, it's hardly surprising that he got screwed in the primaries and that even if he had somehow magically won the mass armies of corporate lobbyists hired by those industries uh beginning with big pharma and, and health insurance would it would it would have gone to war so heavily i mean people don't even realize what it took historically to get the meager crappy excuse for social democracy that we have between the 30s and the 70s and there was nothing anything approaching that i mean we're General strikes, shutting down entire cities in 1934, mass strike waves, Communist Party, Socialist Party, fascism, the existence of the freaking Soviet Union. All that is gone, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the 
to, to be able to shift the balance of power enough to win any social democratic concessions out of the corporate parties would require something that barely exists on the margins of the labor movement and a few other places. But to get people talking about single-payer healthcare, positive. To get people to talk about those other issues, very positive. You know what? Well, look, so- it's getting late. Mm-hmm. It's getting late. Sorry. Sorry. Did you want to say something in closing, Derek? I'll let you close it out. No, no, I was just gonna I was gonna say I think that's all true and that's all fair. I just worry that we're already seeing that that shifting the conversation fade dramatically quickly. Like I haven't heard people talk about Medicare for all in two years. Well, like, you're not on the right Twitter looking at exactly. Uh, you're not you in know, the chats. Get your mind right the there, Derek Varn. I haven't heard somebody talk about it realistically in years. Uh, yeah. Look, realistically. Good save, McCoy, Marcus. Good save. Uh, I wanted to talk to you anyway. It's so funny that you're on the stream. I was reading this great article in the LA Times about a shortage of mental health workers. You know how leftists love saying, just hire mental health workers to fix the problem of the people that are crazy. Just there's, Isn't there some sort of surplus of people that want to make $15 an hour? And deal with <laughs> right crazy right. people throwing feces at you. But uh, uh, I would love to get you actually down here, and we do a show on the terrace. On the terrace. There's a party down in Mexico. Terrace, which talk. and that thing is like your boy Ben couldn't even make a, a, a sugar run for the, <laughs> for the birthday stream. <laughs> He, he's got one of his uh, 552 articles that he's writing right now. And I told him I would hit him when we were done. And I think we're going to watch uh, uh, a Christmas movie. We, I've been trying to watch Christmas horror movies and Christmas action movies. Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. I agree. Die Hard 2. Christmas movie. I mean, Die Hard I, 1, Christmas movie. Also, just, just want to rib on, on Burgess. I literally took two weeks off to write. And I still shut up. I just want to say that. <laughs> like, like, I, I put my own show on pause and pre-recorded for two weeks so I could write. But I showed up. That's all I gotta say. I'll, I'll look. I'll let it. I'll let his ass know. I'll let his big ass know. Jay, is this? If I'm not mistaken, this is our last show before the new year, right? Yeah, our last live show. Our last live show. We have uh, mm-hmm. pre-records, right? So we gotta say goodbye to our audience for a while. We will be having copious pre-records to entertain you. So many interesting shows. I don't even know the order that they're going in, but I'm pretty stoked for... We did a lot of shows in the last couple weeks, so I'm excited for people to get them. Pascal, I hope you've enjoyed your birthday stream. I feel like Josiah coming in like old Eddie Kane from the Five Heartbeats at the very end. It's kind of (laughs) fake. Um, I know the return of Marcus is going to have everybody going. Where's Marcus on Saturday? Where's Marcus? Marcus, Marcus like, I can't. Is he still mad? Is he all mad? I can't fuck with Saturdays. Like I heard, I I heard Marcus beat up Jason's kids. Where's Marcus? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got 13 kids that I've already beat up. I got about 24 <laughs> kids to go. That's right. I'm going down the list. Um, that's so I got to send you a text, man, just to, uh, Talk about some of this reading material you got. I, I would love to, man. I All right, to. brother. But this is this is this is uh, 
I loved this show. Pat Scow, happy birthday once again. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Pat Thank you all so much. I really this, this really made me feel good. This is definitely a, one of the most memorable birthdays I've ever had. Oh, take all the flowers, Pascal. Take I don't even have a drop for that. Aww. Can I make a suggestion real quick for the next year? Uh, Josiah's reading list, make that the TIR book club for ah, 2023. All right, all right, and we'll, I can dig we'll check it out together. I can dig that. I can dig that. Pascal, do you have any um parting words? I want to say thank you all so much. I thank you for the TIR family. Thank you for the crew. Thank you to our fans and the audience, people that are dedicated to the chat. Thank you, Jason, Gene, M. Toussaint, Marcus, Vaughn, Aoki, uh, Josiah for coming on. And, you know, uh, also Torrey Reed, Paul Prescott, Paul, Paul McComb, uh, everyone else. Those, for those who couldn't be here, Cedric Johnson, thank you so much for really starting the ball rolling on all of this. And, um, you know, God willing, we're going to continue doing this and, you know, bring it up to as high of a level as possible, man. I really enjoy working with these people. And, uh, you know, if we can actually make this something that we all can live off of, we can do this for as long as possible, you know, God willing. And and not live in developing nations. <laughs> Hey, Varn, you're more than look, you're on the list for terrorist talks as well. Damn low. That's right. Pascal, I will, I, I will furnish a small list of people who did not come through. You can shame them on your own time. <laughs> that list? Is that the fuck them niggas list? <laughs> That's right. That's the forget your birthday list. That's <laughs> you know? The hell of a credits. That's, That's right. Up, <laughs> okay, thank you guys so much. This was this was a lot of fun. I I had no idea what it was going to be like. And Tucson, I'd have to first of all, uh, not first of all, I want to end giving you a huge shout out because you put the majority of this together. No, you put this together. Cuba, thanks for joining. Thanks for coming on from the, the Arctic. Right. That is where you live. <laughs> Thank you, Gene and Quinn and Saint Lucien, who was in the chat. Margaret Kimberly as well. Can't forget Margaret. Margaret mm-hmm. Kimberly. That's right. All right. M. Tucson, I really appreciate you. You really, uh, you did a great job with this. I didn't expect this. You are very welcome, sir. Take all the flowers. All right. Let's get the fuck out.